Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes, well, we just wanted to talk about them. This week, it was Alice's turn to pick, and it's long time dead. So, let's see what we think. So, thank you for joining us once again. It's me, I'm hosting this week. It's Josh, and I'm joined by Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm all right. There was a bit of a question mark at the end of my name there. Just was like, Alice? Is it Alice? Is it Alice? I want to say Alice. Who the fuck is Alice? How did we get this We got it in there. Before making that joke. Only two years later. It's always two years. Anyway, this week's film is Long Time Dead. Before we get stuck into that, I just want to let you know that we are now on Patreon, if you didn't already know. Check us out. There's loads of bonus content on there. Episodes early, extended episodes, few other bits and bobs. Get involved. Get on there. It's... Patreon.com forward slash just films and that. Uh, whatever you can be whatever you can give will be massively appreciated. But thank you as ever for listening. The link to that is in the episode notes. Anyway, Alice. Mm-hmm. Long time dead. Oh yeah. Hell of a long time. It's from 2001, isn't it? It is. There's gonna be spoilers, isn't there? There sure is. So You know, you know this format by now, Josh. You picked <laughs> it up very good. Some very could say good. between us we designed it. I mean, you know. Um <laughs> Anyway, so you pick this one. So what is it about and why did you pick it? Is it underrated? Is it underseen? Why did you pick this one, Alice? So Long Time Dead is a horror film. It is a British horror film and it is about a group of young'uns uh, from London who basically do a Ouija board. Uh, it unleashes a fire demon called the Jinn and then it starts killing them off one by one. So you pretty like standard horror narrative there where all the main characters die. Um, so that's what the film is about in a nutshell. The reason I picked it, well, I did... So this is a film I'm, I think I've only seen once before, right? So we rented it on... I think it might have been DVD by then, so not quite the video. So we rented it on DVD um, one Halloween. We got that and the whole which oh, I think yeah. has Kira Knightley, Knightley in it. It was one, like her yeah. first film, yeah. Um, so we rented that and it absolutely shat me up, Josh. I was shitting myself. So got to preface this whole thing by saying that horror is probably my least explored genre because I am an unbelievably massive wimp when it comes to horror films. Like What's I get scared. Alice, something behind you there. Don't, don't do it! Don't do it! 
I can't take it. That's, um, that, that's something I, moved then. Stop it! It's hopefully it's just Hella. Um, so I get scared really easily. I'm really jumpy, like not just when watching films, but just in life anyway. Ollie is always trying to trick me and scare me and he's always very successful when doing it. I know it's a film. I know it's not real. I studied film. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I get dead scared, right? Long time dead scared. So I don't tend to watch many horrors. So I saw this. Obviously, it shut me up. Didn't watch it again because it was way too scary. Started thinking about it recently because I think I read an article about um, Joe Ab- Absalom. Ab- Joe Ob- Abs- Absalom, sorry. Mm, one, who of, plays, one of the actors, yeah. He's one of the main characters. Um, I read an article about him and it just sort of sparked something in me. I was like, oh my God, long time dead. I need to see what rating that got. Maybe it'd be good for the podcast. And after exploring that, I reckon it's underrated. And okay. then, Josh, because of how unbelievably difficult it was to find oh to watch God. for this episode, I would also say that it is underseen because I can't imagine that anybody is watching it. Anybody. This, this was one of the most difficult films that we've had to find. Yeah, possibly I mean, the most I think difficult. So, because I think if you weigh up, for me, what, what makes this so difficult is the lack of the lack of logic is why is it hard to find? Because this film, right, is yeah. from Working Title, which, is, if you don't know, is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, production companies in the UK, UK-based production company, right? Mm-hmm. So I get Solomon Gaynor. I do get that a little bit because... Real niche, that, isn't it? Yeah. Real niche. Welsh, Welsh, Welsh language cinema. Film. <laughs> Wicker Park, we could get hold of. The, the copy wasn't great. And Bad, then this, yeah. I was like, why, why is this so hard to get hold of? Mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, it was. So purely for that reason, perhaps it's underseen. And you reckon the ratings as well underrated? I, re- I reckon it is, yeah. And I wasn't sure, like, going back into it, you know, watching it again, I was like, ooh, is this going to be underrated? But having watched it again now, I stand by it. And yeah, I reckon Long Time Dead is underrated. Uh, so, Josh, had you seen this one before? So, so I, going into it, I thought I'd never seen it. I mean, the title's okay. pretty generic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that could be like a detective story. It could be a horror. It could be anything, really. Yeah. It could be a, a romantic comedy where everyone's a ghost. Um, anyway, <laughs> so the title's quite <laughs> generic. So, A, yeah, it was hard to find. But no, I hadn't, I hadn't seen it before. I definitely hadn't seen it before. But when I did eventually find it and saw the poster, I recognised the poster. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like somewhere in the deep recesses of my mind where back in the day when you used to go and like you say and rent a dvd and you flick through all the titles i'd seen it but i've definitely seen that oh, yeah, poster maybe. with the eye with the eyes before but other than that no no I, I hadn't seen it didn't know anything about it but i've definitely seen that that poster before so no okay hadn't seen it was interested to know uh was interested to know why you picked it and because it it, it was such an obscure choice really i suppose when you think about it like we've already touched on it. it is from a big production company but it's it's got no massive names in it or anything like that so let, mm-hmm. let's have, let's see what we think then so having rewatched it what what did mm-hmm. you think so in general i don't think it's a masterpiece and some of the story and character development left me a bit wanting but i do think that there were some really great things about it and after watching it again I do still think that it's underrated. Um, So I'll touch on some of the things that I did like. So I think it Mm. looks and sounds pretty good, right? So I really liked some of the camera work and shot selection. So there's quite a few POV shots from the perspective of the djinn, so of this demon that they've unleashed, where the camera is like racing down corridors or charging down the stairs. And I did find this quite impactful and dramatic and thought that it helped to build the tension. And then we've also got some 
moments that have been captured on video. So like the gang, you know, the characters carry around a little video uh, recorder mm. with them. Of course um, they do, so it's, it's a horror sort film. Of, uh, absolutely right so it was quite nice to see those shots and that footage and that just kind of added another layer to the viewing experience um and i thought the whole thing sounded pretty good as well so you've got some like really intense typical horror style music and that did a good job of putting me on edge but the real star of the show for me was the diegetic sounds so things like glass scraping across a table doors opening and closing things falling and people banging into things a lot of these were really sharp and really cut right through you and would often occur amid sort of complete silence mm. so it made me really jumpy and i think the film succeeded in making me feel tense and i think the best example of all that was Definitely when they're doing the Ouija board, right? So I think it helps that the tension is also focused in the frame on one place, right? Because everyone's looking at the same thing. The audience are looking at the same thing. The characters are looking at the same thing. They're all looking at this Ouija board, right? So there's like this really sort of condensed like air of sort of tension and sort of fear going through everyone. And then the glass that the spirit or demon is meant to use to communicate, you know, if they do sort of successfully communicate with anything, starts moving really quickly and abruptly. And I think one of the characters asks, can you tell the future? And it just sort of shoots immediately over to yes and makes such a horrible sound. And then the characters in the audience, I think, have that real, oh my God moment. Like it, I was really scared. Like mm. when it goes, Ugh! like it just sort of slides it's over and it goes yes and then uh, yeah that that was, scene okay, i think is probably definitely a highlight the, yeah. the ouija board scene it's like a it's a really well done scene i mean we we've all seen whatever you believe we've all seen plenty of well most of us if you like films have seen ouija board scenes done many many yeah. times in, in, in films in loads of different you know eras and genres etc etc um mainly horror obviously um but I thought it was it was well done. Like you say, I thought, I thought it was really well done. Anyway, sorry, as you were saying, what else did you like? Um, so I, I do quite like that you don't see the djinn, so it doesn't seem to have a physical form in this world and instead possesses people in order to kill its victims. And then the not seeing in this instance does have quite an impact. So you would only ever see like the results of its attacks. So either dead bodies or burnt flesh or lots of blood. And then sometimes objects would be hot to the touch if they were nearby. Um, moving on to some of the performances. So I thought Alec Newman, who plays Liam, gave a pretty good performance. And it so it turns out that Liam is sort of a bit more important to the narrative than the other characters because his parents had already done a Ouija board in Morocco and had conjured the same demon. So there was... And he... Oh, he was there as well, wasn't he? He was in the room with his parents when it happened, but I guess yeah, he sort boy, of... Yeah, yeah. yeah like Obviously, he sort of was. blocked Why it all What else are you doing a family holiday? I know, right? It's weird, isn't it? I need I want more I want a bit more backstory about what the fuck they were doing, right? But maybe we'll get on to that a bit later. Um so he's sort of quite important and he has a little bit more to do. And then Joe Absalom, um, who plays Rob. Apologies if I'm not saying that right. Joe Absalom. I think that's right, isn't it? I think he was so, Matthew. I think so, he was yeah. Matthew in EastEnders. You don't you know, you know Matthew yeah. from EastEnders. Uh, of course um, I do, yeah. So he plays Rob in this, and I thought he had some strong moments as well. So he had a little bit more to do because he is the person that the djinn has possessed. Mm. So he's kind of doing this sort of dual acting where he's trying to... He is acting as the djinn who is acting as Rob. Mm. And he has some really good moments, I think, especially towards the end. And um, for the most part, that is pretty much everything mm. that I liked about it. But we'll come to you now because... I'm interested. I haven't got high hopes, but I'm interested. <laughs> so what do you know, as I say, what do you think I think? Do you think I think I it's reckon, rubbish? I reckon I reckon you thought it was pretty lame, but that you <laughs> were able to pick like a couple of things 
that were sort of technically good, shall we say. Okay. That, that's where I'm at with that with you. Um, no, well, so overall, I thought it was okay. Okay, There's cool. definitely some good, there's definitely some bad, and there's definitely a decent film in there. Mm-hmm. I think the problem for me is I think it starts quite poorly and then it's got okay. a bit of an uphill battle to win you back. This is mm. my opinion. And then, and then it hits its stride about halfway through and then it mm-hmm. does... It's quite decent from there. That's that's sort of what I got from it. So what did I like about it? Right. So let, let's touch on the performances like you already done. I think there's a real mix of performances in there. There are some good and there are some bad. I mean, it borders literally from the decent performance to the GCSE drama performance. Yes, I would um, agree with that. In places... As you've already touched on, I thought Alec Newman was pretty good as Liam. He is, mm-hmm. if there is a main character, it's him. I suppose mm-hmm. he's he's the he's the protagonist. He's he's the guy, isn't he? Um, all the way through it. I also thought want to give a little shout out to Marsha Tomasson, who was very good as Lucy. So there isn't a great female presence in this film, but she mm-hmm. has got the most to do, and I think she's probably mm-hmm. the best of those you know, which I'll come on to, fairly poorly written characters. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but she is, but she's pretty good with what she's given to do. I thought there was some pretty good scared acting in there. Now, scared okay, yeah. acting is really difficult to do. And I thought mm-hmm. what was really good about this, and this was it, this sort of leads me on to my second point, which I'll make in a minute, is that the scared acting in this seemed, what they seemed to be going for was as real as can be scared, not sexy scared right so definitely not sexy scared yeah, i hadn't so, thought so, about that so that's a great I, that, point that's what i quite liked about it was that when they were they were losing their heads they're proper <laughs> losing their heads it's like yeah, it, like are. whereas there are other films where it's like it's like i'm scared but god i'm so handsome like, or yeah, like, and I'm uh, so horny. Yeah, let's I'm tuck so, up in yeah. this bed together and I'm be scared, scared I'm naked. Scared, but let's let's split up and we'll end up in the shower. Like it's one of yeah, those. Yeah. So that's I'm what scared. I liked Quick, about that. let's fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've been we've all been there, Alice. <laughs> Especially when gin is involved. You having yeah. that one? <laughs> anyway, oh God, anyway, um, and that leads me on to my next point, which is I really like the overall camera use, the look, and the feel yes. of the film. So yeah, you've man. already touched on it a little bit, which is there's some decent genre tropes in there of the horror genre Mm. and it doesn't feel too tired which when you actually look at what they do in terms of the plot points and the actions of the characters it doesn't do anything new really Mm -hmm. it doesn't do anything different but what i do think it does is have a really interesting um look and feel so what they don't have and again this lead, this is why it leads on from the sexy scared real scared thing is what they don't have is a bunch of 26 year olds who have the muscle mass of 26-year-olds, who go to the gym mm-hmm. twice a day, who mm-hmm. are playing teenagers. Mm-hmm. The people in it are sort of of a nondescript age. It sort of hints that they might be students. It sort of hints like they're just young adults. So mm. it never says, I don't think it says, oh, they're all at uni, because two of them, are, or a few of them, are living on a boat. So Well, they're so, I mean, that was a bit odd, the living <laughs> yeah. on the boat thing. But I think that they, I think they're sort of men are being college, and there is a bit of a scene where one of them, is it Stella, just before her death, where they're in, like, a college setting, right? Because they're in, like, a canteen, and then she goes to, like, this shared, this sort of shared bathroom area. That, I think, but, like you said, it is definitely not clear. It is never mentioned how old they are. But also, they're in, they are in a nightclub. Yeah. They do get into a nightclub. And obviously, in this country... Early 20s, do you think? So maybe they're using college... 
Do mean or, university? Or they're, maybe? Or they are students, but they're just a bit older. I don't know, but it never. It's not yeah, like so. It's not so like where you watch some older ones like Scream or other ones like, or even non horror films like the first Spider Man, where they're all in high school and they've all got five o'clock shadow, and you're <laughs> all like, they're just not. It's just so I, I quite like that, and then and then mm. that leads on to the next point, which is everything in this film or a lot of elements of this film feel dirty and scummy yeah. and grimy British, and run down. British, London. This film is not sleek. And I like that mm-hmm. because that that made it feel to me a little bit fresher, mm-hmm. um, ironically enough. It wasn't like... So I have, I've, I've mentioned this before and it won't be the last time I say it, but horror is my least sort of enjoyed genre. And it's not because... Oh, same. I, Look at yeah. us. Birds of a and, feather. And it's not, it's not particularly because I get scared easily. Not because you're scared. Yeah, no, not like no, me. I'm, I, yeah, I, listen, I was toxic masculinity. I'm hard. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, not, I'm, I'm no, fucking rock I find solid. them... Um, I like, you know, I like the classics. We've been to a, scri- a screen of The Shining together. We've watched other decent horror films. I like decent horror films but i just find there's mm. too much crap and there's too much sure yeah, yeah, um, yeah. repetitiveness and if anything i find them a the bit word. a bit mm. formulaic and this mm-hmm. is formulaic but it's also mm-hmm. not in the execution and the way it looks like i say it's not doing anything new with the plot so i really like that bleakness to it you know they live in a house but it's a shithole they go mm. to a party or a rave and it's not clear is it a rave in a club or is it a rave in an abandoned warehouse? Or it's sort oh, of, yeah, you know, it it's a bit of, it could just look like it's been done up so that people can do what they want in it. But that's what mm. I quite liked about it. There was a nondescript scruffiness to the film, which really, I know sounds probably sounds a silly thing to say, but added to that that British feel, it almost felt like a train spot in horror film. Yeah, I totally get that as well. It's, and because, for me as well, and I don't know if you felt this, but and it, I'd like to think it's not just because he's Scottish, but Liam did remind me a little bit of Ewan McGregor. I think he looks a bit like him as well, though. He looks, a bit, well, like, he looks, he a, bit looks like a bit like a young Ewan McGregor, he, and he's got that same sort of spiky hair He's very likeable as well. Have. He's like got a similar, yeah. a similar sort of charisma or energy as well to him, I think. But um, it reminded me it reminded me of like train spot in horror film or like a mm. horror film, but it's set in Guy Ritchie's head. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like early Guy Ritchie. So so there was there was plenty to, to like in there. There was there are flaws in it, but it started, and I'll come on to why this is in the dislikes, and I was like, oh fucking hell. There was a few <laughs> bits at the beginning, and I was like, oh I'm gonna have to this is gonna be a slog. And then about yeah. half an hour, 40 minutes in, I was like, I found myself enjoying it. Oh, that's really and then, good. And then, I uh, really yeah, and, and and I think and I was trying to think why that was, and I think that's mm. that is what it is, is that it had that real dirtiness to it that was mm. you know it was because this is if you, this is sort of pre 28 days later so it's mm. so it's it and, and i have to wonder because it's pre 28 days later and 28 days later did do massive things for the horror genre particularly british horror, british and, horror I, and i yeah, have to yeah. wonder if this film actually would have done better this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive in june Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Based on the fact that you've said it's underrated, I, I would have, it would have done better if it had come out after... Oh, interesting. Rather like if, if the appetite had had been tantalised already yeah. and people were in the mood yeah. for that sort of dark, sort of dingy British horror. But, That's an interesting um, point, yeah. But yeah, th- you know, there are some flaws to it, but overall, I thought it was all right. Well, that is really great news and I'm really pleased and that's really interesting that it sort of lost you immediately as soon as it started and then you grew to love it. It's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> there we go. Okay then, so we'll move on then to anything we didn't like about Long Time Dead or anything that we change about Long Time Dead. Alice, is there anything you change about what you didn't like about Long Time Dead? I wish it was less scary. No, anyway. <laughs> um, right, so so my first point, my main point, it is a very broad point to start with, but I, I think you'll understand what I'm trying to get at. But basically, not enough happens. And I think there's a lot of story and character development really missing here. So once the djinn has entered this world, the main characters all start getting killed off one by one. And then that's pretty much it, which I know is generally the premise of films like this anyway. But there just wasn't enough going on in between. So like we're so like there were so many long silences where characters think they can hear something or someone and they got they get spooked out and that. And then they're sort of trying to listen harder for things, and then it's all completely silent, and then they either discover that it's just one of their friends, ha ha ha, oh good, there's nothing to fear or they get killed. But it just felt like these silences and the empty space in between each death was a little bit too long. Mm. Like there was just so much not happening. Mm. It was just people trying to listen for things. Um, so I just I just wanted more stuff to go on. So they 
they sort of seem to try and do a little bit with Liam and the fact that his dad and then also their landlord had already encountered the djinn previously. But I don't think this was fleshed out enough and it didn't go deep enough to give it any real gravitas. Like, because in the scene in Morocco, it all feels like that they're all there for a reason. Like it's not in, in this film, in Long mm. Time Dead, like in this ritual, reality. It looks like it, doesn't mm. it? Because for these guys in the present day in the film, it's just, oh, we're pissed and high. Let's oh, let's do a Ouija board. That'll be crazy. Mm. Whereas what's gone on in Morocco with Liam's parents seems way more planned, way darker. Yeah. It's like they've gone to Morocco to do this thing. And you never, I don't think anyway, unless you could correct me, you never find out why. No. Like, why have they done this? I thought it was heading towards, oh, the Ouija board in the present day didn't do anything and that actually Liam had been possessed by the djinn all that time. Oh. Which would have made more sense, right? That, that would have been so much yeah. better. But then it just didn't. <laughs> no. So and it didn't. The two didn't really, they didn't relate. Like uh, the two instances didn't relate except that they happened to conjure the same demons. Yeah. But that didn't mean anything and in the end. It, that, that's That's my... Main complaint. So, sorry to sort of come in, in, into your section. No, there, do but, it, do it. But it's that the rules of the world are not clear enough. What okay, you need, yeah. what you need for a good horror. If you look at the best horror, the rules of the world are have to be so clear. You mm. know when you're watching a Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, or, or Freddy Krueger film, you know they're not dead. Mm-hmm. You know all that sort of stuff. And in this. So if in this world a Ouija board can conjure back a demon, what are the chances it would be the same one? Mm-hmm. And why? Which is why I thought this is heading towards it's been him the whole time. Yeah, or it's got to be, yeah. It, and I suppose because when it's happening, because you get, Liam sort of has these flashes, doesn't he? Where these flashes of Morocco yeah. and then the glass gets really hot and it's too hot for him, too hot for him to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he throws it on the floor, doesn't he? And smashes it. So I wonder if that's, Maybe that's a bit of the connection there with the demon can sense that a Ouija board is mm. happening and that Liam just so happens to be there and he was present when he was conjured the last mm. time. But it just felt like they were building towards something or they were going to explore something deeper and maybe about the occult or about magic or demons mm. or something. And it just never went as far as it should have done. Yeah, no, I don't I, think. that's... Exactly, I've got a very similar point, which is the same. Which is the same thing. Which is the world, as I've already said, the rules of the world aren't clear, and then that doesn't explain certain actions. So there's a big ex- exposition gap where you're left going, "What?" So, mm-hmm. so the rules of the world aren't clear. So then the gin comes out. They seem to sort of skirt over the issue that she says, "Oh, it's spelt gin on the." on the Ouija board. She looks mm. that up and goes, a jinn is a fire demon which possesses people. And no one mm. goes, oh, hang on, that means one of us is possessed then. So one right. of us, w- yeah. we all need to be careful of each other. So it shouldn't really be a surprise at the end that it is one of them. Because if the yeah. jinn has come around to possess one of them, if that's how the jinn takes form, then it must have possessed one of them. So surely, well, we all need to go into separate rooms and fuck off then. Like, it's not... Yeah. <laughs> so so when he comes in at the end, it's not... It shouldn't be a surprise. It should be, oh, of course he's possessed one of us because the thing said mm. it possesses one of us. So that's not clear. And then other stuff as well, and I'll come back to the script, but, like, it's a fire demon and he mm-hmm. kills it with fire. So how... Yeah, so so why, how would you... So at the end, he, he's possessed his friend... And he sets it on fire. 
So but, well, why would well, that kill but, it? Why, why would just well, kill it, it a human? Doesn't, it, it doesn't kill it, does it? No, but because it, but it, it survives. But I wonder if it's if you if you destroy the human host, then it maybe that. But maybe does in, something in, to it. In that case, though, where's the jeopardy? Yeah, no, do you know I, I, mean? do, I do. In, in I that case, totally if it was like mean. we'll get the army in. Oh, basically, if it um, takes human form, then um, then it, it's all you got to do is kill it. Well, you go right. We're taking that form. Lock that form up. That's it. Yeah, or jeopardy just over. You, I'll shoot you in the or head. I'll shoot it in the head. Gun. Yeah, so it, it sort of <laughs> takes the jeopardy out of it a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's this is what I mean when I said earlier is there's definitely a good film in there if they yeah, just give it a, a bit it. more thought to what the rules mm. of, of the world are. But any, anyway, sorry, anything else? Anything else you didn't like or is that about it? So the other main thing was, and you've already alluded to this, but Annie and Stella are really badly written. So Stella Mm. spends most of the film just crying. And I get Mm. that one of her friends has just been killed, but it's a real bore to watch. Um, So Lucy, again, as you've mentioned as well, she's got a bit more going on because she introduces them to the Ouija board and seems to have sort of some kind of interest in the occult or demons or whatever. Like she's, she seems to have a book or multiple books that tell her about the gin and that. But generally, the characters aren't very compelling. Many of them were a little bit irritating and then just kind of bouncing off that. Then some of the script is a bit weak and isn't particularly sophisticated in how the characters would have conversations with one another. And it it felt like it got a bit repetitive quite quickly. And I didn't really feel like I was seeing anything new or groundbreaking in general. And I I agree completely. And uh, yeah, Mm. so... Not only are the female characters, all the characters are fairly weakly written, I'd say. Mm. But not only that is, a lot of them are a bit, they look a bit similar. So right, two, yeah. of, two of the girls look the same and two of the lads look the same. To the point where I was about mm. half an hour in where I realised that Liam and the other guy who looks a bit like Liam. <laughs> other Liam. Yeah, so Liam, so Liam <laughs> Scottish Liam, and then there's yeah. Rob, long-haired mm-hmm. douche, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, other guy right mm. and then there's stella annie they look the same mm-hmm. and and i was just like these are all the same people mm. the only reason i know the guy with long hair isn't one of them is because he's got long hair like yeah so yeah. so they all look a bit interchangeable if that's a stylistic choice then that's okay but then you need to do more with it because otherwise i was just sort of going i don't know who's who and i didn't really I didn't really like any of them, and really. No. And I wasn't really rooting for any of them. I was like, yeah, I yeah. hope you get burnt alive, That's bastards. It. And that comes down <laughs> to the script, which is that the script... So I don't like being too overly critical or too pointed, but the script is weak in mm. this film. The dialogue is, is weak. So mm-hmm. some of the early... The reason I said I had a hard time with it early on is some of the early dialogue is like is like GCSE drama. This is mm. the bit where there's your, there's your typical downstairs creepy neighbor old man smithers right and he it turns no, out and it, and, it, and it turns out he is liam's dad's mate and actually shock horror he wasn't creepy he's the home alone guy he's just looking out for him do you know what he's i mean he's trying to protect him yeah. he's protecting him but there's a gym. bit in it isn't there where he says to them i need to go and look at the electrics in your flat yeah and stella says something like why and he sort of suddenly goes all creepy and goes don't worry i won't look at your diary yeah, like that yeah. and i was like that's like you've that's like you've sat at your desk and gone, I need to say something creepy there. 
yeah, we need the audience to yeah. think that he's creepy and the bad guy, yeah. even though he turns so out having, to not be. So having say something weird and creepy. And then the other bit is long-haired doucheman. He, so his whole thing is he comes in, he's the new flatmate, which has absolutely mm. no relevance to the story whatsoever. Um, no, and then, it doesn't, does And it? they're going out. And again, he goes to Stella, which is already, she's already been creeped on or is about to be creeped on by old man Smithers. And he goes to a summit, summit about, do you like to play about and she goes, what do you mean? He goes, you know, naughty pills for a naughty girl. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm went so pleased you brought that up. Through me, Alice. It went yeah. through me. And I was like, that's okay, there's an element that time hasn't been kind to that. And yes, yeah, some dialogue. If you look at if you look at films from around that period, British films, whatever, they yeah. are a bit like that. But I watched that and I was like, mm. oh my god, that it's went bad, isn't it? Yeah. through me. Naughty yeah, naughty, naughty pills, pills for a naughty, naughty girl. girl. Like, he does say that, doesn't hell. he? I'd be like, you're not, you're not moving in here. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way you're moving in here. Um, so that was uh. that. So some of the dialogue early on, but then the dialogue gets better. And I don't know if it's because mm. you have the inciting incident, and then it gets better. But I think we needed more time to warm to the characters, so we gave a shit about them. But all that you yeah, see them definitely. do is sort of be really self indulging, self indulgent, obnoxious, entitled pricks do a Ouija board, then get killed off. Whereas if mm-hmm. you, you saw them being a bit more likable, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't take much, then doing the Ouija board, it might mm-hmm. be you might be a bit more attached to them. But yeah. you're not. So in, it's just a bit... There's, there's definitely a massive exposition gap, and that was my main issue, which is, which is that, that gap in the script and some weak dialogue, particularly in the first half of the film. It's almost like they couldn't figure out how to establish the characters and that mm. then led to sort of issues later on. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. It was all about, oh, we just need them to do the Ouija board and then they need to be killed off. And it was like, that was such, you know, that was so much of the focus that the things happening around it weren't really thought about. Mm. Like, they're not fully developed characters. I don't feel like... You, there's no backstory to them. Mm. There isn't anything about them really that makes them three dimensional. Like that kind of putting Lucy on a boat sort of thing. It's kind of oh look how quirky she is. Yeah. She lives on a boat, and it's like, but it's never explained how she's on a boat and she's in college. Like, is she sixteen <laughs> and own a boat? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, if there's just this is what I mean. There's definitely a decent film in there, mm. but you just need a bit more in terms of the script, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then in a moment, because I believe, Alice, it's the return of the rabbit <gasps> hole. OMG, here it is, guys. The first one of 2023. Bloody hell, aren't you lucky? We are going to go down the rabbit hole for this segment that I'm going to call Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. I can't wait to so... see what you found on this. <gasps> For this journey down the rabbit hole, let's start with the director and writer of the film, Marcus Adams. Marcus was born in Swindon in England in 1966, and he caught my attention when I discovered that before embarking into the world of cinema, he directed quite a few music videos, including the video for E17's Christmas Banger, Stay Another Day. His passion for music videos possibly spawned from the fact that he used to have very close professional involvement with a band, and apparently spent some time as a dancer and choreographer. The band, Meat Beat Manifesto, was established in the mid to late 80s, and has been described as 
techno-industrial. Adam's main contribution was choreographing their live shows, and he started directing their music videos. It is believed that Meat Beat Manifesto, sometimes known as MBM, influenced acts such as the Chemical Brothers, Nine Inch Nails, and one of my favourites, The Prodigy. Some of their earlier work is even thought to have influenced entire genres. As for what's next for Marcus, well, a film he directed called Deep Fear is currently in post-production and is an action thriller about a round-the-world yachtswoman who is forced off her plotted course when a big old storm rolls in. And guess who the cinematographer is, Josh? It's only Mark Silk, who was a camera operator on Stardust, and you won't believe who the visual effects supervisor is for Deep Fear. Well, it's only David Fowler, who was the stereo producer for In the Heart of the Sea. So, Marcus, Mark and David, thank you for all your tremendous work. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. <gasps> I couldn't even find this film, so I don't know how you found all that. So well done. Oh, I got. I have my ways. I have my ways. Anyway, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception. There now, I haven't. I've done my best to not see the critical reception, although I can probably guess it didn't do amazingly well. What um, makes you say that? Because because you picked it. <laughs> Because I picked it. Um, an underrated I think it's podcast. probably yeah. quite low, but I would generously okay. say that I would give it a five out of ten. Okay. But I'd, I'd say it's probably lower than that, and maybe we're looking at a yeah. four or even a three out of ten, or 34% okay. roughly. What about you? Well, you know, so, so why am I asking that? <laughs> well, well, but I would, I would probably be sort of similar to where you are, five, maybe dip into the high fours, I think. Yeah. But... Here is the reason why I chose Long Time Dead. Okay. So at the time of recording, over on IMDb, it gets 4.7 out of 10. And then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 37%. And then the critics give it 22%. And it only has nine reviews from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, which, again, kind of suggests, I do think it's a bit underseen. Mm. And... I could find that it made over, so it made over $22 million. I can only find it in dollars, um, sort of worldwide, box office-wise. But I could not find anywhere what the budget was. It can't have been, can't have been a massive budget. Can't have been much. I so, can't imagine it was up to $22 okay. million. So I wonder if it made back its budget. I, mean, that's I don't not, know what the freaking budget was. So that's not bad in terms of box office, but is anyone going back and watching this now? Do you know what I mean? It's so hard well, to find. Well, not now. So, no, so, it's not. Unless, unless you've got a DVD player, which I don't have, and I don't think most people do. So that, so okay. So that averages out then, if you work out those three scores, at just, just over 35%. percent mm so I would, I'd say that? that's underrated. Look, it's not okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's a flawed film. I feel like they wanted it to be like a train spotting type film, mm. mixed with a bit of Final Destination, where I can almost see mm. that in another world, if if this is done better, you know, the mm -hmm. careers of the actors go and they become massive stars. But no offense to them or anything like that. But but obviously that didn't happen, as far as I know. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not 35% bad. It's not much better than that, but it's, I, for me, I'm going to say underrated. Okay. And, and I do agree. Like thinking back to some of the things that were in our sort of like section, the way it looked and the way that it's been designed, it is quite good. And I think it does have the desired impact. It's just a lot of that development of the characters mm. and the script and the story. A lot of that was lacking, which is why I wouldn't probably give it anything higher no. than a five. But yeah, I think a bit mean. And I think the critics were pretty mean as well. And I would also say, I do think it's underseen as well. So we say an underrated underseen then. 
There we go, double whammy. She's done it again. I'm winning this podcast, y'all. So there we go then, another one in the underrated and underseen pile. I'm pretty happy about that. Pretty happy with what yeah. Josh had to say about Long Time Dead. You didn't tear it apart. And that's a, always a nice I, surprise. I'm a better person than you and I always find better <laughs> things to say. <laughs> well, yeah, and no one's arguing with you yeah. about that. Yeah, that makes me um, decent. Uh, uh, anyway. Well, anyway. No comment. Anyway, and anyway. anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, right, so what is going on next week, Josh? So next week, as I'm sure you'll be aware... Write in your diary, as it always is every year. It's Valentine's Day, Alice. Yay. So, <laughs> so we put it out to the listeners what they thought the most romantic film was that mm. we should do. We got loads and loads of great suggestions, and I'd love to do all of them. But we went through, and between us, we picked one that we thought would make a good episode. Uh, we have picked one suggested by at Green Elf, Lo- uh, sorry, Green Elf Oz, or Green, yeah, Green Elf Oz, I think that's right. Uh, They have suggested (laughs) that we pick You've Got Mail. So we're going to be talking about that next week and discussing why we chose it between us to talk about. So yes, join us next week where we'll be talking about You've Got Mail for our Valentine's Day special. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and That on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. We're on all of them. Give us a follow. We're always trying to put stuff out there. And thank you as ever for listening. I'll tell you what as well. We're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm, you can find me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. That is every Friday from 6pm. Yes, there we go. Lots of ways to see us, hear us, get in touch with us. And of course, thank you as ever for all your support. Uh, We'll see you next week when it's going to get romantic as we talk about You've Got Mail. Uh, Thanks for listening. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.